I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This episode is supported by the Jib Foundation. Final results are still being tallied, but one thing is crystal clear. The 2022 election has delivered a seismic shift in Australia's political landscape. It's a difficult night for Liberals and Nationals around the country, as nights like this always are. Tonight, the Australian people have voted for change. Your Excellency, I present the Honourable Anthony Albanese to be sworn in to the office of Prime Minister. It's up, up and away for Anthony Albanese for his debut on the international stage at the Quad Leaders Summit in Japan. Jan Fran has issues breaking down the election one issue at a time. Brought to you by a rational fear. Oh my goodness. Welcome to the final episode of Jan Fran has issues. We did it, Daniel. We did I know, it. Jeanette, I'm so excited. I can't <laughs> believe it. Have you have you sufficiently gotten through all of the issues now that we are out the back end of the election? I Do you am... have any issues left? <laughs> oh, mate, I am completely still riddled with issues, both political and personal. Remember at the very first episode, <laughs> um, you said that you could act as my shrink. It begins right. now, my dude. <laughs> oh, right. God. Oh. As, as, li- as long as I don't have to act as your midwife, uh, because that's what I'm most stressed about, because you're about to burst. I'm pretty impressed you managed to hold your little your little daughter in there for, uh, for, a, few more, for a few more weeks while we got this, this, uh, this podcast done. My little bebe. Yeah. No, yeah, the bebe is still firmly inside. I've, I've given it permission to exit now that this podcast is done and now that the election's done, so... We'll see how that yes. goes. <laughs> Excellent. You're very diligent, Jan. Very diligent. I am. You're going to be a great mother. Thank <laughs> you. discipline like that. <laughs> so, look, I'm not going to go over the election um, results too much because it's been about a week since Saturday happened, but, my God, it was massive. Um, so many big wins, so many huge surprises. We're going to get to um, the two that we thought were particularly interesting in just a second. But before we go to those two big issues, let's just – 
let's 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 do the thing that we love to do over the course of the week and take issue with something. What are you taking issue with this week, Daniel? Our final week of the potty. Uh, I'm taking issue with this incredible op-ed from Chris Yulman in the City Morning Herald. And the headline made me burst out laughing in the cafe as I turned the paper. The headline was, The Agonising Birth of a New Era. (laughs) 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 As uh, as someone who doesn't shy away from partisanships, Chris Yulman definitely would have had to have an agonising birth of this new era because somehow he managed to keep his eyes closed as to what the independents were doing in the world out there. So it made me laugh. It made me laugh out so loud, uh, laugh out loud so much. There was a guy two two uh, tables next to me. He turned to me and said, "Oh, sounds like a good one." And I said, "It is. It's really funny." So what was what was the shti- what was the the thing? What was the op-ed about? The op-ed was essentially that both major parties are about to go through enormous soul-searching, and which is absolutely true, um, but he doesn't actually admit that climate change was the reason why these independents exist. He said this was clearly a referendum on the likability of Scott Morrison. Oh, okay. <laughs> that, was, that was what he pinned the whole election on. And, like, when you see half a party disintegrate because they want climate action, yeah. he didn't even bother to acknowledge that. Now, this is a guy who can't acknowledge climate change is happening. This is a guy who can't acknowledge that uh, that renewable energy actually works. So this made me laugh out so hard. That's so weird because it is, um, I mean, obviously it was a major part of why the election went the way that it went, but I like to call this crossbench the fuck around and find out crossbench because when <laughs> yeah, you yeah, fuck yeah, around yeah. for 15 years on climate policy and give us nothing but climate inaction, you're going to find out that there's only a certain degree to which you can push the Australian people before they push back. And this was it. Yeah, and it's something we'll we'll talk with our guests about, but it certainly feels like the adults are in the room. You know, like (laughs) finally the mums have come to Parliament to sort us out. Yeah, mate. Um, The thing that I would like to take issue with this week is, is, and look, I'm just going to preface that far be it from me to defend Peter Dutton which I, <laughs> I don't usually do. Anyone who knows me mm. knows that. However, on this occasion, I'm just I'm going to choose to do that because of some commentary made by one Tanya Plibersek mm. about the way that Peter Dutton looks. Take a listen. This is what she said on radio this week. Well, I think there'll be a lot of children who've watched a lot of Harry Potter films who will be very frightened of what they're seeing on TV at night, that's for sure. Well, what, are you saying he looks strange? He looks odd? I'm saying he looks a bit like Voldemort. <laughs> oh, Tanya, that wasn't nice. That that smacks of someone who's just having too much adrenaline through their system. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I heard that and I was like, oh, God, I kind of did a bit of an eye roll because I'm like, you know, I just I think let's just let's let's stay away from the way that people look because that's a downhill trajectory for me. If you start pointing yeah. the finger at who's fug and who's not in Parliament, yep. you yep. know, yeah, there will be like, there will be no finger like you've, we've only got ten fingers each as a species, so <laughs> yeah. it's it's very difficult. The thing is, I I kind of I I reckon she knew exactly what she was doing because she kind of she said that and like anyone who hears that is going to go, oh. Yeah, I guess he kind of does look a bit like Voldemort. You know what I mean? And that's going to stick. It's also, I mean, it's it's also cheap. It's also, you yeah. know, uh, uh, basically riffing on a meme that's been going around the internet ever since Peter Dutton's been in office. Uh, really what you want to say is he's going to move from a regular potato to becoming a sweet potato. That's what you want to be able to say. <laughs> that's the transition we're looking for. That's what we need to, 
I used that joke earlier today. I was really happy with myself when I was talking about that joke. It was really good. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's coming. Maybe it's coming. She did apologise. I, sh- I should preface that she apologised unreservedly, but, you know, damage is done. And also you shouldn't be using copyrighted characters um, because otherwise, you know, J.K. Rowling's going to come down there and sue you. <laughs> Jan Fran has issues. So... So many interesting things happened on Saturday. I'm trying to work out what it is that I particularly want to talk about on the potty and we've decided that there were two sort of things that really stood out for us, Dan. One, the so-called women's vote. Um, Not just the vote but women running as candidates. Yeah, women women completely deserting the major parties, women running as independents. Um, This is a huge, huge moment for, for women in Australia. I think this parliament will have a record number of women um, representing Australia, both in the lower house and in the upper house. That is extraordinary. Yeah, and in the upper house. I think it's more more women than men in the upper house as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, and the other thing that we wanted to talk about was, I know everyone's talking about the teals, like teal, teal is the colour of the election, but there is another colour. Mm. There is another wave on the horizon, my friend. What? Oh wait, we, were we talking orange? Uh, we're, talking <laughs> we're not talking mauve, yellow. We're not talking aubergine. Aubergine. <laughs> we're not. We're t- talking <laughs> sunny side up, which is the colour of my kitchen. My dude, we're talking green. The Greens right. have had a record victory this election. They are yes. on track. They haven't picked it up yet. We're recording on Friday, so it may have happened. But they've got three seats in the lower house. They may pick up another one, which will give them four seats in the lower house. Yeah, and what's ex- what's extraordinary is that these seats they picked up are in Queensland. Queensland. That is that is epic. That is the epic story of of this election. That climate bears is, is is climate is the big story. Women is the big story, and independence are the big story. It's a huge, huge, huge election. Did did you ever think that Queensland was going to be Green's heartland? Because if they pick <laughs> up three seats, which they picked up Ryan and Griffiths. And they're vying for Brisbane. It's it's Green's Heartland. <laughs> yeah, you know what? If, if if Brisbane goes, I'm moving to Brisbane, baby. <laughs> they're my people. So coming up on today's show, two wonderful guests for you. We're going to start with um, the legend herself. What a way to finish the final episode of the podcast. Grace Tame is joining us, talking about um, the women's vote and whether her side eye brought down the PM. She's a lot more (laughs) humble than I am. I'm giving her full credit. Uh, And then we're going to talk to Elizabeth Watson-Brown, who won the seat of Ryan um, in Brisbane. She's a Greens candidate. She's heading to Canberra, baby. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. Well, without any um, further ado, why don't we bring on our first guest, Grace Tame. Welcome to the podcast, Grace Tame. What a pleasure to have you on the last episode of Jan Fran Has Issues. After this hectic election, what did you think of the result? Well, (laughs) I thought it was pretty uh, awesome. Can I share the message that I, I sent you in your, your reply to Jen? Yeah. <laughs> yeah oh, gosh. Um. As, as, as results were coming in, I said, amazing, fuckity bye. <laughs> and then Grace Tame replied, who's frowning now, boys? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did. Was... I did say that. I did say that. I did. Not that it's, not that it's anything to do with gender 
at all. So how, how did you feel, like Grace? Talk, talk us through your night. What were you doing? Paint us a picture of how you were taking it all in. Well, Max and I had snuggled ourselves up on the couch. One of the things that was really empowering and, and hopeful to me um, as someone who's been a lifetime swing voter um, and someone who votes with their conscience um, and isn't, isn't, despite what the media and a lot of, um, uh, you know, critics of mine say, you know, is that it isn't about um, party politics. Like one of the things that's really hopeful to me is that we've got this uh, like um, different sort of always move, we're at least moving towards a slightly different structure um, as opposed to something that's that's purely about this two-party system. Mm. What excites you about that new structure and and how you could see politics roll out in Australia? Obviously we've had independence before. Simon Holmes of Court, uh, who is sort of saying on an episode of q and I think it was, um, last year, you know, he was saying, oh, like how good would it be if we just had two or three, um, you know, climate uh, climate focused independence and, you know, we got 11. Um, and, um, you know, the Greens had their best result yet. We've got um, the the most Indigenous representation that we've ever had. We've also mm. got a 57% female majority in the Senate now. Uh, certainly we've got a long way to go in terms of actually reflecting the the truth of the diversity of our nation um, and of the community that elected these representatives. But we're getting a little bit closer to reflecting the diversity and inclusion, the values um, of the community that elected um, our leaders and and sort of breaking down these myths of what, what really governance and leadership should be. And I think because, you know, a lot of the things that we're conditioned to believe about society and, and what really we need um, in order to create order and structure uh, and authority. Um, a lot of those things are often actually just constructs that are, you know, man-made ideas, you know. Yeah, they're not inherent. They're not inherent. And, you know, there there are some members of the um, commentariat, perhaps um, at the uh, uh, older, <coughs> whiter, <coughs> male end of the spectrum, um, who will tell you, you know, like, oh, this is not going to work. This, uh, this, you know, this is going to be a mess. <laughs> um, and you know, well, let's. That remains to be seen. Let's see how it goes. Um, but I actually think that um, you know, and Labor still has the majority. Like crying out loud. Um, and let's just let's obviously see how it goes. And you know, the, there have been a lot of ambitious commitments made early on. You know, the Uluru Statement and the entirety of the Respected Work Report and Climate Action and um, other such, you know, pretty ambitious um, moves in a pretty tenuous time globally um, as well as nationally. So it'll be interesting to see what actually comes of a lot of those promises. But certainly, I think that like let's give it a crack um, and and. Um, and see what happens. Like lots of people are talking about, you know, the so-called women's vote, which like women are not a homogenous entity, so to speak, but there were, uh, you know, a record number of women elected into parliament this week. So both women running and also women voting. We don't exactly have the stats broken down by gender for this election, but we know that like over a period of three decades, um, you know, women have kind of been slowly abandoning like the coalition and the Liberal Party. And since the last election, that's sort of ramped up a lot. Um, did you kind of expect the Liberals to get such a battering from women this election? And do you reckon that you had anything to do with that? <laughs> Did your side eye bring down the PM? That's what I'm trying to ask you. Guys. 
I think, and I think, I mean, there are lots of circuit breaker moments. Um, you know, and I think it's it's all it's all part of it. But I mean, to you know, it was um, it was everybody who who got out there and did um, you know made their contribution. You think about what 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 it took to um, to 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 take away that government. It was really just um, everyone getting out and writing numbers on a piece of paper. Like that's what, mm. that's what it was. Yeah. That's what it was. And and like, yeah, side eye, but that was a circuit breaker moment. It was, it was um showing people that, you know, like you you can actually frown in the face of the prime minister and nothing will happen. The world won't end, you know, I won't blow up. For me, um, as someone who is autistic and has actually really struggled to um, you know, like like I, I can't if something is inauthentic I really struggle to fake it around mm. that I like see you straight through it so you know it's, it's it's very hard you know when again when the media goes oh you know like oh you're so lucky and blah 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 and it's like yes I am in a lot of ways I've had a good life um but also like there's a lot that there's a lot more layers to that but but one of the things sort of like the, the point that I'm trying to make is I suppose that um what I saw throughout my life and the way that I lived it is that one of the things that enables these um, cultures to persist is that people really just um, allow a lot of stuff that, um, you know, it, it could, all it, all it sometimes takes is just, just standing up and making one small gesture. Yeah. Um, and there's this, and I talked about it um, in the last few days, because one of the things that really contributed to this election was a huge part of it, um, is this crisis of narrative manipulation in Australia that that permeates the media landscape, you know, where it's just subtle things, but really the cumulative effect of them is is like grooming. Um, And it's like falsehoods, like lies are being sold to us as facts, you know, and like, you know, disinformation is being masked, disguised as controversy, softened as, you know, you know, normalise them. Like, and that's how this uh, hate campaign that was, um, you know, th- that was driven by the Liberal Party was really allowed to run. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like what you were sort of talking about, though, Grace. It's like um, the language is just couch. It's softened. You know, it's like it's not like, oh, I'm definitely saying that this happened. I'm just bringing up a question. And it, it's couched <laughs> in like asking questions or, as you say, controversy, which has the same kind of impact. Yeah, and I feel like this previous government was so good at wearing down the media as well, actually bullying the media to a point where they tried to get narratives their own way through sheer force, through the AFP raids on news.com and ABC and uh, things like that, as well as just constantly bullying the media into submission around things like climate and stuff like that as well. Like this was a completely uh, toxic government that totally disassembled the fourth estate, softened the fourth estate. Well, you wonder, you wonder about in the, you know, because, um, you know, I don't know if you've read what Malcolm Turnbull had written about his um, his experience of or his insights into the relationship um, that Donald Trump had with Rupert Murdoch and how deferential um, Donald Trump was to Rupert Murdoch. And you wonder, so you wonder about who was deferential to to whom mm. um, in the case of, you know, the, the, the Liberal government, um, 
the pre like the previous government here you know you wonder who defers to whom yeah i mean even going right back to when scott morrison was Im- immigration minister uh the like the banning of reporting of boat arrivals, like the banning of reporting, like yeah, you, it was just it could, was it was yeah. sold as um, suddenly we heard the phrase on water matters and we don't talk about on water matters, but of course on water matters was just a phrase that was made up by Scott Morrison to mean something, um, when in fact it means nothing. It just uh, is a way of saying we can we're not going to be talking about boats coming here because yeah, like the gas. Like the gas left recovery. What does that even mean? <laughs> yeah. I mean, do you, do you yeah. think things will uh, or do you, well, I'll just ask you the question more generally. Like what do you hope will be different um, under Albo? I mean, I just hope there's going to, I hope there's going to be more transparency, which I, I really do think we're already seeing. You know, if it's just the same, you bet, you mm. bet your ass I'll be just. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I saw your tweet about Albo when he spoke to Alan Jones. Oh, I saw that. <laughs> Yeah, that's just, I mean, that's just silly. Like, Grace, can we get you a new title? Can we get you um, Australian Bullshit Detector of the Year? Is that going to be? <laughs> <laughs> kind of looking forward, like ideally is there anything that you feel like are the top three things that you would really like to see implemented by uh, this Labor government? I mean, climate action would benefit everyone, but I think also too, like, you know, when, when we when we think about um and I think about our like I think about our first peoples. I mean, we they've been here first, um, and I think that uh, Albo got it right in that that was the first thing that he addressed right off the block. Um, you know, his order of priorities was pretty dead on. He could just walk right over to Malcolm Turnbull's house and say, "Hey, Malcolm, can you open up your lower drawer? I just want to get that statement of the heart out <laughs> from where you last put yeah. it." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I think um, I think he got it right. And, uh, yeah, I mean, those three things, um, like equality for all, and, I mean, it's not just women. I think it's it's gender-diverse voices. It's it's everyone. It's the LGBTQI A-plus community, um, mm. you know, it's people of colour. It's, um, you know, it's the marginalised. It's um, it's refugees. It's migrants. It's, um, it's uh, people with disability, you know, visible disability, um, invisible disability. Oh, hi. <gasps> Oh, oh, here we go. There hey. Hey. It's all of us. Sorry, this is Elizabeth Watson. She's um, the Greens' new member for hey. Griffiths. You're an absolute right. hero, Grace. So nice. Sorry to butt in, but, gee, hey. <laughs> respect, respect. Respect to you as well and congratulations. Thank you, you thank you. absolutely wrapped and deservedly so. Oh, yeah, between, it's all a bit surreal. Us, uh, Grace, tell me one thing you're hopeful about heading into 2022 and 2023. Uh, that Scott Morrison is not our Prime Minister. Um, <laughs> like, I can't see the future. So, like, I don't, I don't know, but I'm just hopeful, like, you know, that it's not. I've got some great news for you. He resigned a couple of days ago. <laughs> I love it. Um, and there's lots of things to be hopeful about. Um, I am, I'm hope. I'm hopeful about this new, again, this new look of leadership that has, you know, again, it's not, it's, it's, we've got a long way to go, but I think it's a good start. Grace, thank you so much for joining us on Jan Fran Has Issues. Okay. Nice we'll to meet you. Soon. Nice to meet you, Elizabeth. <laughs> Lovely to meet you too. Sorry to butt in. No, that was a bit forward, no, wasn't it? No, but I got no, to no. see I got to say good day to you. 
Yeah, and you. And legend, fuck. legend. Also, you are a legend too, and I hope good luck with everything and shake them up. That's what we're here for. Yeah, don't, don't let them fuck you around. And just, I'm just so glad that you're going in there and Scott Morrison is not the person in charge because. Yeah, I'm, I'm rather glad about that too. That's yeah, good. Next time I see him, like he'd be lucky if it's something with my eyes that I do. <laughs> Well, hopefully you don't have to run into him both for your sake and seemingly his. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, TT. Yeah. Bye. Drop your line in a couple yeah. of weeks. Bye. Grace Tame, Grace Tame, former Australian of the Year. She needs no introduction. Um, the next person that we're about to speak to, look, she probably doesn't. Well, she might need an introduction because she's going to federal parliament. Please, I need to know all about this person. I am so keen to have a chat with Elizabeth Watson-Brown, the new Greens member for Ryan. By the way, Ryan is in Queensland. It's Greensland. Greensland, please. Welcome, Elizabeth, all the way from, well, well, frankly, what is now the greenest state in Australia, which I never thought I'd say, Absolutely. That's where we're at, baby. It's so good. It's so good. So, Elizabeth, I love the Batuta Advocate article that came out this week that that said a whole bunch of Queenslanders were looking down their nose at Melbourne because they only have one Greens member. That was perfect, wasn't it? That was so good. So at the time of recording this, Queensland has delivered two two federal green seats that are locked in for sure and mm. there's still a little bit of, um, mm-hmm. you know, a, a toss-up in the seat of Brisbane, which mm. we're not sure how that's going to swing. But we know that the Greens have picked up three seats uh, in in um, in the House of Representatives, which is a historic high. How are you feeling? Oh, I'm trying not to swear. I didn't no, say no, I please. was going to be. No, I, I feel fucking fantastic. <laughs> you know, and it honestly feels like this is the beginning of real change, real radical change, you know. And I said the other night, it's like the tectonic plates of politics in Australia are absolutely shifting and it's act, it's like it's all cracked open and people are going to get representation. And don't I feel much happier about Australia. I feel happier about being a Queenslander. I feel happier about being Australian because Australians want this to happen. And that was so clear. You know, we had a huge campaign. We, you know, year and a half, I haven't had a break, so I'm a little bit hysterical, but uh, a year and a half of actually going out and knocking on thousands and thousands. We, we knocked on half of the doors in the electorate. We just wow. knew that this is what people wanted. Do you know, like, we're, that's our massive poll. We're asking people what's concerning them and what mm. they want, and we knew that this was what they want. So we could feel it shifting. You know, we could feel the power of that before election night. For those listening who might not be across all of the seats, um, Ryan in Queensland, just very quickly, just tell us a little bit about that seat and how it delivered a Greens victory. Because when people think of Queensland, they don't really think of green seats in the federal um, House of Representatives. W- what is the electorate of Ryan? Okay, it's in the it's in Brisbane, western suburbs of Brisbane. Brisbane's all defined by the Snaky River, so we're across. We we share boundaries with the other two significant green you know, green and potentially green seats in, in in Brisbane. And they are Griffith across the river from us and we've got a boundary that we share with Brisbane, which is sort of on a knife edge at the moment. So mm-hmm. we're sort of western suburbs. There's a lot of leafiness, you know, what that's code for, um, but it's also... People are rich. <laughs> just and saying. Hi, you know, highly educated. Yeah. I'm just not far from the University of Queensland at the moment. We've got Syro and all that, but we've got real diversity. You know, so we were knocking on doors in the leafy suburbs, but also in the suburbs... Which, where there are people struggling with potential homelessness. 
and all of the challenges, you know, that that our great, you know, kind of platform of policies is there to address. And so it was just remarkable. And I spoke to many of these people myself. I've been, yeah, I've been absolutely pacing the streets up and the hills and the dales of um, beautiful Ryan, which has kind of got a lot of bushiness out on the edges of it, but it's also got outer suburbs, inner suburbs, and it goes right into the kind of urban centre of the city. So it's an incredible kind of cross-section of Australia. So it's a really good test case, I reckon, for how Mm. we're going to progress politically in the future. And, you know, talking to people and just going to and asking people at their doors, so how have you been feeling about things? You know, how are things for you? And even if people were the sort of people who said, we hate politicians, it's all broken, hate you, as soon as you, um, you know, lend an empathetic ear and ask people how they've been going, because people have been beaten around the head, you know, for years now, it's almost like an outpouring. It was almost like a kind of a a counselling session. And so just that personal connection and so many people said to us, this is the first time anyone has come to my door and asked me those questions. So, you know, mm. you know, so there you go. That just shows the gaping um, more, you know, the gap that is other politics in Australia, this huge gap in terms of and what, what became really obvious too was real gap and sort of nothingness in terms of any policies that were being offered by the old parties. And we came to the election with this incredibly comprehensive, you know, uh, plan about all of the interrelated things in people's lives, you know, and not just climate change action, but all of the social stuff about healthcare, you know, about education, about all the stuff that people actually need, you know, to give a good life, which is what we're, mm. give a good life. That's what we're about. And people, people responded to it. That's what people want. And it's just been so incredibly uh, satisfying and even and I'll stop in a minute I realize I shouldn't be t- saying 10 different sentences but I'm I'm a little bit hysterical and it's really- I know no I understand I'm sure your adrenaline levels are Absolutely. just peaking right and I haven't now. had yeah. a chance to have a break but you know the very day after and I found out about winning on the actual night of the election I'll tell you about that later but day after just going to the local coffee shop people coming up to me and saying Elizabeth thank you thank you we've <laughs> wow. we have woken up today feeling hope and we haven't felt that for a long time and feeling proud that we live here you know so that's been so that's why I've been in tears a lot of the time (laughs) I can imagine and your electorate it's quite a climate vulnerable electorate isn't it did you have some you had some major issues with the floods what was what kind of impact do you think that had on the electorate huge we could we could see the mood changing we were getting out to lots of people we were having good conversations but this year the anger started rising and people Mm. are actually feeling directly and really linking, you know, that real experience of climate change, the latest flood that we've had literally in their backyards and in their own lives. And so we were always able, you know, whatever was troubling people and whatever struggles they had, including the floods, and we helped them through that, people, we could draw a, a very direct line between their lived experience and what the Greens are talking about and what the Greens are offering. And the power of that has been absolutely huge. Mm. How do you see the next um, few years panning out? Because this crossbench, this is a this is a new crossbench in the history of Australia. <laughs> I don't think we've had a crossbench like this. What do you reckon? Mm. Um, how, are, are you guys going to negotiate or are you going to get drunk on power? Because you can, because <laughs> you hold the balance. <laughs> 
Well, we think we hold the balance. Oh, my God, you know, the seat of Brisbane, for example, my mate Stephen, nail-biting over there while they're scrutinising the count, you know, so it's going to go either to Stephen, Green yeah. or Labor there. Remember, we're yes. recording this on Wednesday. By the time you might, you might be listening to it now, we may already know who has won the seat of Brisbane, but it is yeah. Wednesday for all intents and purposes. It yeah. is, yeah, and so that's, a, that's on a knife edge. So, you know, whether we're in balance of power, which would be fabulous or not, we're actually going to be just pushing for these things, negotiating for them inside the house, um, you know, kind of being part of those discussions about what the future should be. And I think it's pretty patently clear. Elizabeth, what are the, le- what are the leverage points if you don't have, uh, uh, if, if Labor doesn't have a minority government? What are the leverage points for you? Like what, what buttons can you push to get desired outcomes, stronger emissions, um, uh, things like that? I think it's just always being there, pushing, pushing, pushing the case, debating it, um, you know, being involved in obviously, you know, the legislative numbers. Should mention also, you know, we mentioned the lower house seats. We've also got a new Green senator in Penny Allman Payne. Of course, yeah. So mm-hmm. we'll have balance of power in the Senate. You know, so that's a very powerful negotiating position. There'll be a huge block, including the Teals. Um, of um, of people who are concerned about exactly the same issues. So I think even if we're not in balance of power, we will be in a very good arguing kind of position as well, yeah. At least in question time, you can all say boo at the same time and it will be a lot more effective, yeah. Exactly, yeah. And there'll be a lot of... um, a lot of powerful women there, you know, isn't that interesting? Um, <laughs> it's going to have a completely different complexion from any parliament that we had have ever had before. And there's just something so sort of bolstering and empowering about that as well. Mm. What I find about particularly the teal independence, uh, that these are women you don't want to mess with. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't want to cross any of them. Can I put my hand up for that too? Yes, you too, Elizabeth. I am a woman who has worked for yonks like 40 years and I know you can tell by looking at me I'm no spring chicken. In my profession, which is a very male-dominated profession, so when people said to me, and Libby's my real name, not my election name, people said to me when I I was asked to run and I decided I would, crumbs, that's going to be pretty, you know, it's a pretty... tough and rough game how, how can you're going to be okay and I said I've worked in architecture in the building industry for 40 years I'm no shrinking violet and it's not about <laughs> me so I think I can handle that stuff thanks very mm. much so I think if you've had a long you know professional career uh, and you've been around and you've done other stuff as well um, uh, you know bring it on I say because again it's not it's not about me it's about what we've now got this most amazing kind of mandate to do and that's what really touches me and all these people who've been coming up to me and bringing their friends up to me and saying thank you thank you we've woken up we've now got hope I see that as the most enormous privilege and responsibility as well and I think about all of those people who came up to me on pre-poll and said Elizabeth I've voted forever as a liberal or whatever and this time I'm voting for you because this is what I've experienced in my life they have never answered that for me, they're problematic. One woman came up and said, I've voted Liberal 25 for 25 years, Elizabeth, I'm voting for you this time because Scott Morrison is a fucking asshole. <laughs> and, this, and, and, and there were a bunch of Liberal ladies beside me handing out how to votes and she said, I hope you heard that. 
you know? There was uh, Elizabeth Watson-Brown yeah, talking about one of her constituents. That <laughs> is not, no. does not necessarily represent the views of Elizabeth It's not my opinion. Elizabeth it is what someone shared with me. <laughs> you know? Is there anyone that you're um, hoping not to run into while you're in Canberra? Anyone that you're hoping to avoid for the next well, three years? I, I, I've, I've been reasonably careful about, uh, you know, not personally <laughs> swearing about individuals but you know mm. well I did we did have a pretty interesting candidate forum one day at, the, at a you know chamber of commerce out in near Peter Dutton's electorate uh, mm. Peter Dutton was there as was you know the local MP here at the time and again I didn't mince words I suppose <laughs> I wasn't rude but they went there um, they went there thinking, "Oh, great! We're in a re- we're in our space. You know, we're in a chamber of commerce. Everyone's going to ask us about small business or whatever." But all of the questions from the floor were about refugee policy, were about climate action, mm. you know, were about healthcare policy, and all of that to both Dato and um, and and our uh, local member. And so it was so interesting. You know, you could feel the winds of change in Please that Please don't that, call him that. I am uh, absolutely sorry. not prepared to give him <laughs> a nickname. No, that's, that's a no from me. Sorry, I sorry have, I remember him saying that it was a mistake to bring Lebanese people to Australia. I've not forgotten that. My people don't forget. We don't absolutely. forgive. We're I not know. kind people. And keep, <laughs> hang on to that, hang on to that, hang on to that sort, yeah. <clears throat> Mm, but it wasn't a benign um, atmosphere for them, even in a place that they thought they were going to be comfortable and they were with friends because everyone was asking them about these things. So it was pretty obvious in that room at that time that that's what people were concerned about. So I don't know how tin-eared you can just keep being, but this is what the what everyone's been saying. Yeah. So, Elizabeth, let me ask you this. How did the climate independence uh, manage to pick seats where there weren't strong green contenders uh was there any kind of collusion there did did anyone pick up a phone to figure out this well it's interesting i met with them i met for a kind of a nascent voices of ryan group uh before christmas who um reached out to me and i and i reached out to them as well you know i knew that it was happening and they were having meetings and it was all about you know let's uh let's talk about politics in ryan and let's let's engage with things. Um, I had a really good meeting with them. I don't know whether they were planning at that stage to run a candidate, but we certainly had a a, a good chat about who I was and what, you know, what we were standing oh, for. So maybe they were too intimidated I, by you. They're I, like, I, I don't like, oh, know. this Elizabeth Look, I, Brown's got her shit sorted. Let's I, not I, go here. I, I don't know. I don't know. But, you know, they have been pretty supportive um, and interested in what our campaign's been doing because there's so much alignment really between mm. uh, what the Teals are talking about, what the Greens are talking about, but the Teals are basically talking about three things which are just some elements that we agree with and we all know what they are, you know, it's integrity, it's a treatment of women and it's action on climate. We are all interested in those things and really interested in working with them on that. But our platform and our concerns are so much broader than that, and I think mm, that that's mm. what people are really interested in here. Yeah, mm-hmm. we've had um, we've had a, we've had Adam on the show and um, yeah. a number of times. So he's yeah, yeah. No, I'm that. a fan. I, I listen to all you. I'm I'm a oh. Jan oh. Fran Dan oh. fan. Jan oh. Fran. Oh. Damn, Damn. Oh, so you're going to be nice to me, right? <laughs> oh, no. Let me just quickly log on a Patreon, see if you're a Patreon subscriber. <laughs> Flattery will get you everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> I'm learning this media thing. <laughs> I am so new to this game, but 
Comes <laughs> up. It is so it is so refreshing to talk to you at the very start of your political career. <laughs> <laughs> Before I just become poisoned and jaded. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll check back with you in three years, see if you're still a fan, Elizabeth. Before you start talking about moving forward and working families. <laughs> oh. All right, the next um, three years, what is, what, what's, what's your one great hope for the next three years? Look, I really do want to be part of, you know, real action on climate change. It is just, it's not quite too late, but it's bloody late, you know, and, and that's certainly been, and I, and I want to represent the people of Ryan and that's been front of mind for them. We know that more than 75% of Ryanites are really concerned about that and that's been the kind of linking thing across all of the different groups in Ryan, across all the different sort of socioeconomic groups and interest groups and things like that. The underpinning thing that's common to everyone is the desire for that. So I see that as a major, you know, element of what I want to do there. So, mm. so what would you say to a cop in Brisbane just before the Olympics? Do you think that's a good idea? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. 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 I think so. Yep. It's not something I've really thought about or addressed, but you know, anything that means that we kind of um, discuss and collaborate things in a more thorough and deep way, all good. Mm. And how would you sell climate change to a cop? <laughs> specifically, specifically, specifically one cop, Dutto. Yeah, yeah, to a cop, same thing. This is about the future for all of our children and grandchildren. That was a big driver for me as well. I mean, I've been very sort of politically interested person, but a big driver for me when they started asking me whether I would run was that feeling that I couldn't sit by anymore and just witness, just watch what I felt was the future being stolen from the children and the grandchildren, yeah. Elizabeth, one last question before mm -hmm, you go. Mm -hmm, now mm -hmm. you're a new Member of Parliament. Mm -hmm. Who are you going to deliver your first novelty cheque to? <laughs> I actually was at a ceremony this morning as a kind of a proto-MP where a big novelty cheque arrived and I was so excited. I love a novelty cheque. <laughs> <laughs> I think it'll go to... Um, a women's refuge. I'm really proud as an architect, the, the best project they ever did, and lots of them have been glamorous and kind of, you know, they get published, they've been published in magazines, but the one that I'm most proud of is designing the first purpose-built um, refuge for women and children uh, escaping domestic violence. No one will ever see it because it has to be secret. So I think it would go to a group that supports supports that. Yeah. Wow. Thank you. All right. That's a great cause and here, here to more action on climate change with the majority of the Australian people want. So. Yeah. Good luck in the bearer. Thanks. Great, great to meet you and Grace as well because I butted in early. Thank you. Perfect. We're going to work that one in. Thank Thanks you. So Thanks, much. Elizabeth. Thanks a lot. Have a Bye great now. one. Bye. You too. Bye. Jan Fran has issues. The future of Queensland. Perfect one day. Green the next. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man, it's been a it's been a hectic week. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how this parliament kicks off because it really is it's it's a parliament that we've never seen before, never seen it. Very excited. It's going to be super interesting to see just how this. It looks like Labor's going to get the majority, but it's going to look, seem to be just how these new faces in parliament can hold Labor to account in the lower mm -hmm. house and what kind of pressure they can lean on Labor for to kind of get those emissions reductions. So that's what I'm looking forward to seeing. Indeed. Um, well, folks, I think I think we've come to the end of the last episode of Jan Fran Has Issues. Jan Fran, it's so fun to be your co-pilot hanging out with you as you delve through the issues. <laughs> oh, my God, we've gone through all the issues 
in, uh, it, all the issues possible. Well, I mean, there's an, there's quite a number of issues actually that we haven't gone through, but we've gone through the main ones, you know. <laughs> there are definitely some outstanding issues. There are. Um, Look, I just want to say a big thank you to you, Jan. Congratulations on getting this podcast up and going. I also want to say a big thank you to our producers, uh, Frank Lopez and Caitlin Sorry. Thanks, guys. Oh, thank Produced you. Produced all the way from uh, from uh, sunny from the uh, from sunny Queensland themselves. Look at them. <laughs> We're in the greenest state in Australia. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you think? Do you think? Do you think because you 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 produce this on the Sunshine Coast that the this whole podcast has a green slant for a reason? Oh look, we're still in a very safe loop. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't 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 dream too far. They're not they're not in inner city Brisbane just yet. No. <laughs> and if you are a corporate person and you're like, gee, I wish we had an eight part podcast, you should get in touch with FNK Media. They did such a great job on this one. They really did. I'm just I'm also just going to spruik them very quickly for anybody listening who wants radio audio producers out there. You guys have been the best. Thank you so much. And also a big thank you to you, Dan. Oh. No thanks worries. All around. Look, thanks, thanks to everyone. Thanks to, <laughs> thanks to the producers. Thanks to Dan. Thanks to you for listening. Thanks to me. Thanks to the bebe. Thanks to the Jib Foundation who financially supported this podcast. Thank you so much for that. Otherwise, this wouldn't absolutely happen. Also, a big thank you to our Patreon members and quite a few people signed up over the last few weeks. I'm just going to read their names up very quickly. Tim Keegan, Jill Clark, Andy Griffiths, Robert Hancock, Margaret Buckham, uh, Colin Jones, and Fairhead, Hamish Brown, Sue Bush, uh, Nina Argy, uh, Hayden Shaw, uh, and Peter Tippett. Thank you so much for signing up. If you want to support Irrational Fear into the future, just go to patreon.com forward slash Irrational Fear. And also a big shout out to the Gadigal land and the urination of where Jan and I reside for uh, this land we stand on. So, yeah, big thank you to you, our listener. Thank you, guys, and we really hope that you got something out of the podcast. And if you rocked up on Saturday and you cast your vote, regardless of what it was, you're a legend. We hope you enjoyed the Democracy Sausage. Catch you next time. Jan Fran has issues. Brought to you by Irrational Fear. 